Welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hello. Hello. Hey, everybody. Happy Monday. Here we are. are those two words that go together in the same sentence? I don't know. Uh, I think so. I don't think I could take okay. any more of this weekend. So. Uh, yeah, me too. <laughs> we, we had too much fun. So <laughs> we, did. we did. It was time to get back to reality at least a mm -hmm. little. A little rest, a little Tylenol, a little extra water, or a lot. We'll be okay. It's true. It we had true. a wedding on Saturday. Our nephew, Landon, got married. And mm -hmm. I officiated. And it was very mm -hmm. fun. But, oh, man. It's lovely. Too many margaritas. And <laughs> <laughs> the, the kids, the younger people in our family, the wedding was at, like, what, 2 o'clock? Three o'clock. And, you know, so then there was a, there was a nice luncheon and there was, you know, all the regular things. There was a little dance. We were all done, you know, we'd all had a few margaritas and whatnot. And we were done mm -hmm. by like seven. It was time to go home. And mm -hmm. all of the younger people in our family were like, okay, what's next? Let's go no. bar crawling. Let's go. You know, they had all kinds of plans. And all of us were like, I'm going, going home. home to go to bed. <laughs> yeah. We have become the boring old people. We used oh to be gosh. the young partiers and now we are the old people because I know I was like, oh no, I I have to go home. <laughs> I, I am very done. We are so lame. Matea talks Scott and I into going to happy hour uh, at about quarter to 10 at Applebee's. Uh, <laughs> but Really? Yeah, but I, I drink water. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I am... I'm done. Anyway. I didn't even drink any alcohol at that wedding, and I was done at 7 o'clock, so I can't imagine. It was just a big day. It was a beautiful wedding. We're so proud of them. It was awesome. Yes, it was. It was uh, a cool day. Yeah. And then last night, our dear cousin Amy, who's more like a sister to us, is in town, so we had a chance to have dinner with her and play cards, and we had a blast. Always so fun. I'm a little also, hoarse, and I realize it's because I laughed so hard. Mm -hmm. When we were partying it up at the wedding last night mm -hmm. with Amy, we had so much fun. And now I'm like, oh, me too. <laughs> I had almost beat this chronic cough and uh, it's back. <laughs> uh -oh. Coughing and hoarse and headachey and yeah, you pay to play. That's the thing. <laughs> it's true. You do. But <clears throat> I think we have nothing at all to complain about. Not in the least. No. Also, welcome my kitty Mimi to the <sighs> yes. show. My cats, ever since I got this new chair, I have this awesome new chair here in my office. And now all they want to do is just be in here because they it's their chair, obviously. I don't actually own anything in my own house. It all belongs to my cats. Oh, I hear this. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Last night, we stopped by Ross on our way home. See, this is it. You see, Matea's home and she is wearing me out because it's <laughs> nonstop something going on. And mm -hmm. so she wanted to stop at Ross and look at their Halloween stuff. And 
there's a bed, a dog bed in my office behind my chair that is little. It's like a little tiny donut bed for my little tiny chihuahuas, you know. Mm-hmm. But our Basset puppy and Luca, our bigger chihuahua, it's ridiculous for them. And it really only fits one little chihuahua. And, you know, it, it's a thing. There's always a hassle mm-hmm. over this bed in here. So Matt grabbed this much bigger, foofy, soft, pink uh, donut bed thinking, mm-hmm. she goes, let's put this in your office and see if it makes the dogs a little happier. Oh, no, it did not. <laughs> really? Luca took one look at that bed this morning and claimed it is his. It was the cutest thing. I should have taken a video. <laughs> he leaped into the middle of it and started doing all of this, foofing it up and rolling around <laughs> in it and like Aww. making it his. I was like, is pink your favorite color? Do you never think you have your own bed? Like, what is this? But then every time anyone else tried to get into it, he was naughty to him. And it's big enough for two dogs, at least. And Mm -hmm. anyway, finally, the puppy managed to sneak up in there and cuddle up next to him. And they slept for a while. But Luca has claimed that bed. It was so cute. All of the the foofing it up and biting at it and flipping it around and laying on it and rolling all over. Yeah. It was very cute. How sweet. I'm glad my son has decided to come in and out of my house about 14 times while we're recording. If you can hear my friend, it's very old and squeaky. Like, what is he doing? He just keeps opening and closing it over you. Just seeing how uh, squeaky that hinge is. (laughs) Very squeaky. Also, WD-40. Yeah, now I'm like, okay. It's a thing. (laughs) That's what I'm going to do. My office store does that too. I hear you. Anyway, so I got on Amazon this morning and ordered another dog bed. Oh, that's for the love. There's more beds for dogs in this house than for people. Well, I mean, there are more dogs in your house than there are people. So, oh, well, <laughs> this is true. Anyway, so yeah, we had a great weekend, but we have another wedding this afternoon for yeah. another cousin, and I'm officiating. And <laughs> Then on Saturday, we have another wedding uh, with a cousin, and um, I'm officiating. <laughs> Matt, are you getting sick of me yet? <laughs> I'm sick of me. I mean, I just have to attend them. I don't even have to officiate them. So, I mean, I'm good with that. I'm, I don't I'm good mind with being it. on the spectator side of things. <laughs> I don't mind it at all. I really don't at all. It's fun. But anyway, but three in like eight days like this is kind of bananas and these are all Mm -hmm. like different sides of our family so it's not Mm -hmm. like you know we're talking about you know family spread we have a huge family and so you know Mm -hmm. it's not like it's all the exact same people but my goodness anyway i should be saving my voice mormon polygamous stock if that tells you anything (laughs) we have a huge family (laughs) our our you know you look at our uh 23 and me you don't even want to know you don't want to know well, 23andMe has been interesting, right? Because I get messages from people frequently that are like, I think I'm related to you maybe through this line, you know, because 23andMe is saying y'all are related. And I, we are, and they're people I've never met before. But there was polygamy on both sides mm-hmm. of our family. Both yeah. parents had polygamist ancestors. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's... It's a lot. It's just a lot. So go family, I guess. Yeah. 
Yeah. So I'm going to show you a picture from the first wedding of my vestiges that we uh, embroidered. You'll only see part of them, but. Yes, yeah, so yeah. pretty. Isn't that cute? We did that on the mm -hmm. embroidery machine, and I'm so happy with it. So, yeah, pretty fun. Beautiful. Look at that. A double look at my face. Sorry about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, assignment. we do have plenty of crime to talk about today and some pretty interesting do. stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, I'm going to turn the mic over to you to get us kicked off with some racial injustice. Yes. I think we need a uh, an intro for just hate crime, which I hate to even say, but we do. Mm -hmm. This gorgeous man right here is O'Shea Sidley. You have probably oh, yeah. heard about O'Shea's murder, mm -hmm. um, but I wanted to talk about it because it is, it's one of the things that's happening in this country right now that is, it's just dumbfounding to me. And I think we have to keep talking about these things until we figure out how to keep to stop them from happening. Uh -huh. This happened um, in New York and it happened at a Brooklyn gas station. O'Shea and his friends had been to the beach for a birthday party. And they were just living life, having a great day. They were on their way home and had stopped for gas. So while one person was pumping gas, a Beyonce song came on. And so O'Shea and his friends, O'Shea, by the way, is a dancer and choreographer. Yeah. Started dancing to Beyonce at a gas station. As you do. I mean, who hasn't busted out some moves or sang part of a song in public before? They just were having a great day. Well, and especially him because he was happy. a performer. Yeah. Right. He's a dancer. Love I mean, what he did. Yeah. He was just feeling joy that day. So, of course, what had to happen, because apparently this is just where we are now, is that three people came out of the gas station store and started yelling homophobic and anti-Black slurs at these guys. Uh -huh. And, you know, O'Shea tried to just de-escalate the situation. He said... You don't know us. We're just having a good time and enjoying our lives. You know, it's it's all respect. We're all allowed to be here just like you. Like, mm -hmm. just move it along. It's fine. Move alone. Yeah. Yeah. We're just having fun, you know? Yeah. So two of the men left. But a 17-year-old boy stayed and um, recorded, was recording this situation on his phone and continuing to yell racist and homophobic slurs at O'Shea and his friends. Recording so, it because obviously somebody was going to be proud of him for this behavior. For this, right. Like sharing he this. this on video, which is mm -hmm. unfathomable to me. Mm -hmm. So O'Shea and two of his friends step up to this kid and they're like, you know, let's just stop. Let's just stop. And so the kid recording pulls a knife out of his pocket and he's pointing and threatening one of O'Shea's friends. Mm-hmm. And then, for reasons I think no one will ever know, he stabbed O'Shea in the chest and punctured his heart and killed him. Yep. One stab. One stab. O'Shea fell into the arms of his friend Otis Pena. It was Otis's birthday. They had been Aww. celebrating his birthday. And then he held his friend as his friend bled out and died. 
and he said one of the things that Otis said is he had lost the one thing he had closest to his heart, his friend. And then he said, just because he's trying to let people know that we're gay, we exist, we don't disrespect. Like, we're not hurting you. You don't have to hurt us. Leave us alone. Right. Yeah. So O'Shea died at a medical center after, but I mean, his heart was punctured. He just, he bled out. There was nothing they could do. And so this, this uh, teenager is 17 years old. Yeah. He is charged as a juvenile offender, um, but he is charged with a hate crime. Yeah. So he has what's called a juvenile offender status. And in Brooklyn, that means that's that status is reserved for minors who are charged with very serious crimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it basically means they can treat him as an adult defendant. It's kind of, and maybe this is New York law, but I'm mm-hmm. not sure. But in other states, this kid would just be charged as an adult. He's 17. Right, and, right. And he committed murder. I, it's kind of surprising to me, and I wonder if it is New York law, and that's why. But uh, uh, apparently it is, or at least it's it's what it's, yeah, it must be mm-hmm. that there's a, a designation for minors who have committed very serious crimes. So we he is charged with- year olds charged as adults. I'm amazed that he's not, but yeah. We have. I am too, but I think, I think this is just their New York's version of that. So he is charged with nine counts, two counts of second degree murder as a hate crime, second degree murder, two counts of first degree manslaughter as a hate crime, first degree manslaughter, fourth degree criminal possession of a weapon, second degree menacing, and second degree aggravated harassment. So the reason for all those double counts of hate crime related murder and manslaughter is because they have, they're running with two different legal theories, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, um, of intentional murder and depraved indifference and because of the elevated hate crime charge. So we see this often. um, It's kind of become a, a very common thing that the district attorney will charge someone with everything that they think they can prove. Mm-hmm. Um, and then ultimately that will be whittled down when it comes yeah. to actual, um, you know, trial time or, or pleadings mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, if he's found guilty of the highest charge, he faces between 20 and 25 years to life in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, he has but not guilty at this point. Um, the district attorney says we are going to stand up for Mr. Sibley for the right he has to dance, to be exuberant of the right that he had not to stop dancing because it offended someone else. Yeah. I just. This kid was 17. Who taught him this hate? Where did right. it come from? And and it was so horrible to him that he couldn't have just walked away. Right. But he was I mean, filming. Which means this right. was for the gram. This was for the clicks. This was for this attention. Was to show off. Yep. Yeah. Well, show and the other people with off. him were like, it's not worth it and left. Right. But this kid stayed and mm-hmm. killed somebody. Unbelievable. I mean, this is where we are now. If you disagree with someone for dancing at the gas station, you murder them. And I've seen some apologists that are like, well, O'Shea and his friend should have never approached him. They were, you know, they were trying to attack no. him. They were part of the problem. Uh, no, they weren't. <laughs> how many cheeks do other people have to turn 
right. when you are harassing them, insulting them, threatening them. Exactly. And the videos just don't show that at all. They but don't. It killed they me were how... trying to talk to him. Like, yeah. dude, we have just every right down. to be here just like you do. Yeah. You don't have to stand here and watch us. You can leave, you know trying to have a rational conversation in which they stood up for themselves, which they certainly had every right to do. And, and certainly it. O'Shea did not have to die for that. That's it. They had every right to stand up for themselves. They had every right to approach this kid and, and tell him to knock it off and leave them alone. Why didn't they? Why didn't they have the right to do that? It, it kills it me when did. stuff like this happens, particularly with people of color, that there are always the people out there that go, wow, but what did they do wrong? They didn't do a damn Absolutely thing Absolutely nothing. No. They were just existing, being joyful and happy after a fun day, enjoying their yeah. friend's birthday. No, oh, disgusting. And well, now O'Shea is gone. All the love to O'Shea's kids friends life is and destroyed. family. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Otis, my God. And their, and their other friend that was there. I cannot imagine being present for the murder yeah. of your friend. So no. we'll keep an eye on this case. You may notice I didn't say the name of the offender. I'm not going to. He's a minor. There's a lot of questions about his ethnicity and religious affiliation. I don't care. None of it matters. No. None of it matters. What matters is that O'Shea had every right to dance at the gas station. Yep. With that, Katie, I'm going to kick the mic back to you for our main case. Okay. once in a while a case comes across my uh, desk or my feed that just really makes me laugh uh and or just uh gets my interest because you know in the true crime world it seems like uh more often than not we're reporting on murders and i really like it when i get to report on something that's not a murder but mm -hmm. that may of interest so i would like to introduce you Alan Todd May. Wow. His uh, teeth are very white. <laughs> very white, indeed. This uh, bloated sack of day-old white bread oh, has done a lot of stuff. He's from Texas. And his crime started a long time ago, like back in the 80s, with Ooh. bad checks and fraud Ooh. And various issues that culminated in 2012 to a period where he was arrested and charged with a Ponzi scheme that mm. defrauded people out of somewhere around $7 million. Oh, good Lord. And he was convicted and sentenced to 20 years in federal custody and was placed in a prison in Texas initially, a, a BOP as they call it. Bureau of Prisons, and he was there until 2018, and in January of 2018, he was transferred to Littleton, Colorado, to a BOP there, and he was a prisoner there until December of 2018, and one day, somehow... Alan just managed to get in a truck there, a prison uh, facilities truck, and drive away. Oh. Mm -hmm. And there's still some real questions about how that happened. Yeah. How did he do that without any help? Did he have help? There's 
that part's pretty quiet. Uh, and if they do know, we don't know. But what we do know is that he slipped away and that they think he was gone 24 to 48 hours before the marshals were alerted. What? Mm-hmm. So he had a really good head start. He had to have had some help on the inside. How were they not alerted for that long? Finally, there was some prison head count, and they realized, oh, where's this bitch? He's not here. So that's where oh. it started. Oh, boy. So, you know, Alan basically said, catch me if you can. And the marshal said, bet, Alan. So mm -hmm. a search ensues. Well, they discover that he uh, did rent a U-Haul. And at some point uh, along his path, he left that, uh, abandoned it behind a Waffle House, as you do, apparently. And I mean, it kind of tracks, but okay. The next day, he was spotted at his mother's house in Texas. And then he just vanished into okay, thin We're not talking air. about a criminal mastermind here if he went immediately to his mother's house. Right? But then, poof, he was gone. And from 2018, Claire Intel July of 2023, well, May of 2023, nobody knew where he was. Wow. In the meantime, though, the prison made some discoveries that were pretty eye-opening. And that's that while in prison, Todd managed to defraud a bunch of companies, or actually, well, people and companies, out of about $700,000 in prison. Wow. Oh How God. did he do it? Well, he had discovered that there are a bunch of oil and gas securities that have not been dispersed to the correct people that are being held. So he just made a bunch of little shell companies and set himself up as the representative for these folks who were owed this money mm -hmm. and just started claiming it right and left. Oh, that little shit. Mm -hmm. And did have some friends on the outside who, a friend who was uh, helping uh, deposit that money and move it into an account for him. Mm. So when he escaped, he had about a quarter of a million dollars to work with. And maybe more, we just don't know. You know, obviously the money that he'd stolen in the Ponzi scheme had been seized and all of his assets. Mm -hmm. but he had more money stowed away some other way. Seems uh, like the kind of guy who would. He did. Mm -hmm. Because of what happened when they discovered him. Mm. So how did this epic fool get caught? Well, of course, this had been circulated all over the place from the marshals uh, mm. looking for him. And they were offering a $5,000 reward. And there were people looking for him and watching for him. There are online sleuths that will look at, uh, you know, go to the wanted pages for various, uh, you know, entities like the marshals and they look for those rewards and they do their work and see if they can find them. And sometimes they do and they get paid. Well, there was an anonymous tipster who had, they'd, they'd received tips from a lot of different states, but there was an anonymous tipster who had sent some tips over to the FBI thinking that, uh, or to the marshals thinking that he was in Florida. Mm. 
Of course. Florida seems like the right place for him. Uh-huh. Well, Todd, or Todd, I keep calling him Todd. His name's Alan. <laughs> Alan. Alan Todd. I know why you're calling him Todd. Wink, wink. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alan, uh, or shall we say Jacob Turner at this point. Oh. Was living large in Florida. Not even really trying to hide. And there was a picture of him published mm -hmm. uh, not too long ago. This is what's so funny. So this was in some kind of a high society page in Fort Lauderdale. He was at a suicide awareness banquet. Uh, just so you know, he did pledge $100,000 to them that he didn't pay. Uh, oh, what an ass. Mm -hmm. he's, he's quite the guy. And so somebody sent this picture, the, the same tipster, over to the marshals and went, look, here he is. He's here. So they got a bead on who his partner was. And they had been watching them. They were living in a penthouse in uh, in Florida. And they watched the, they were, you know, were just getting their ducks in a row and getting ready to move on them. They watched the partner rent a U-Haul, and then they watched that U-Haul pull into this beautiful, beautiful property in Fort Lauderdale, a $1.5 million property Ooh, geez. that I am assuming they purchased because it was for sale. Mm -hmm. And as they were moving in, guess who walked out the front door? So they arrested him. There's a man that has commented on a couple of articles on Facebook that I sent a message to, but I didn't hear back from him. So I guess uh, I, I won't get to uh, at least when, as far as this uh, broadcast is concerned, but he said he was one of the movers. Uh, oh. And that he said that the marshals moved in like absolute ninjas. And before he knew what was happening, one of them had pinned him against the truck. And then scooted the movers out of the way and that they mm -hmm. took him in without incident. I just wanted to ask him like, what was Alan's demeanor? Was he yeah. Crying? What was his response? <laughs> was he, was he crying? Please tell me he was crying. I mean, he's dumb enough to get his picture in the society pages when he's a fugitive from prison like that. And really hadn't changed his appearance all that much. I mean, this is the picture. No. This picture was taken of him when he was, uh, before he was arrested in 2011 or 2012 or when he was arrested mm -hmm. in 2012. And this is him now. I mean, he really didn't go to any lengths to make himself look all that different. I think Maybe color his hair a little bit. His face yeah. is so red. Gained a little weight probably, but you know, it's not like he had gone way out of his way to change his appearance. He hadn't. No. So <clears throat> here he is. <laughs> oh, that's a much better picture of him. Okay. Yeah. Here he is getting arrested. He was driving a high-end Mercedes, wearing a Rolex, and just living it up. So and authorities are saying, who else has this guy defrauded? Because he had way right. more money, that quarter of a million dollars that he, or that uh, three quarters of a million dollars that he had. Um, oh, he flipped that in, into a whole lot more for sure. Yeah, yeah. So they're looking now into his... Uh, 
what he was doing in Florida because they don't know for sure who else he may have defrauded while he was there because this guy is just a serial con man. Mm-hmm. And we're not talking nickels and dimes, man. Millions no. of dollars. Wow. Yeah. That is some hubris right there. Wow. Right? Now, he had a LinkedIn in the name Ooh. of uh, Jacob Turner. And on his LinkedIn, he said that he was a professional mediator. <laughs> Which is true, as it turns out. Is he out. actually, like, trained? Is he a trained mediator? He did. He wow. took mediation training in prison. <laughs> of course he did. Of course he did. He knows how to profit off of absolutely every experience in his life. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's funny. But I was thinking about that. Okay, so professional mediator. And he's trying to be this high society, high-end guy. So he's probably trying to mediate for like big time divorces, medical claims, businesses, big like that. Yeah. Getting uh, some knowledge of and his foot in the door of these people and their financial situations and then finding a way to profit off of them. That's Mm -hmm. my theory. It's not founded. It's just my theory. But oh, you know, it is, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, (laughs) I wonder if anybody ever looked up his certification. That is funny. Just prison. Yeah. So now this is, this was on the Marshall's uh, <laughs> Twitter because, you know, of course they're celebrating. I'm going right. to guess that their tipster got that 5K, so good on them. Right. I sure hope they did. They certainly earned it. Absolutely. So, Alan, um, I hope you have the day you deserve. He is still in Florida, <laughs> but they said the extradition back to prison will probably take around 30 days but now of course he's facing a whole bunch more charges so that 20 years he was going to serve and he'd served about uh seven of them when he was arrested that's going to be a lot more now so uh Uh, yeah i'm sure they they've only scratched the surface on what kind of crimes he's committed since he's been out oh i can only imagine there's probably so much more to come so jerk it also made me wonder about the partner. Now, they haven't named the partner. We don't know who the partner is. And uh, I did read one article that said that picture that I showed you at that event, they did speak to that person and they were unwilling to speak to them. So I don't know who that person is. I don't know the situation behind the partner or if the partner had any idea who this guy is. It's, I think it's they very likely that they didn't. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wow. is a true schemer. Yeah. yeah. So there you have it. Well, with that, I'm going to kick the mic back over to you for some Florida Man. Yeah. You know, even in Florida, sometimes people get it right. Recently, a, uh, a man was lauded as a local hero for uh, busting some sex trafficking that was going on in his hotel where he worked. Wow. So I'm going to show you a picture of Ricardo Flores and Maria Barrios Calero. These are the asshole sex traffickers who are no longer on the street, thanks very much to a very smart 
hotel manager. So um, Ricardo Flores rented a room in this hotel. Mm-hmm. And Richard uh, Barron, who was the, he was actually the owner of the motel. He heard kind of a, a suspicious argument happening between these two individuals. Um, after only about 30 minutes after uh, he had, the man had checked in, he heard some arguing going on. Uh, mm-hmm. He knocked on the room, the hotel room door, which I thought, you know, people a lot of times ignore these things. And I it was good on mm-hmm. him. Did. Right. So, uh, Flores opens the door and there are two young girls sitting on the bed. Next to them is a condom. Oh, and he's immediately like, what the hell? And then Calero, the woman says to him, he has to pay. He didn't pay. This is the argument they're having is over money. So he sees the girls like, holy shit, what is going on here? So he will not let them leave. And he calls the police and the police come and hey, guess what? Those girls were being trafficked to that man. And they were having an argument, Flores and um, and Clara were having an argument because he was trying to not pay for them. But thank God this man at the hotel heard the argument, knocked on the door, recognized the situation for what it was, did not let them leave, called the police, saved the girls, the cops arrested them, mm. done deal. So they are in jail. Uh, he is being wow. held on a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar bond. She is being held on a five hundred thousand dollar bond. Um, all I have to say is, thank God that this mm-hmm. person spoke up, uh-huh. saw something, heard something, did something about it. Mm-hmm. And can you imagine how many more children will be protected by the fact that these two idiots are off the street? Yeah. Wow. Because this is really how sex trafficking happens in the United States. It's shit like this. Yep. So good on him. He is a local little girls probably weren't kidnapped. They were probably Mm -hmm. offered by their parents who were getting paid. We don't know Mm -hmm. that for sure. We'll probably never know because a lot of these things, that's part of the problem is that because we're dealing with juveniles and, and obviously these kids should be protected, but because we're dealing with juveniles, a lot of times, uh, this side of the story never gets told mm-hmm. and because it's all sealed and, and under wraps, but this was likely a, a parental involvement. Right. That These are the kinds of things that happen all the time. The children would have just been returned home after their assault. Yep. So, and tell, you know, their John or Jane, as it were, in this case, uh, has another paying customer for them. Right. But, you know, I think that it's it stands to reason to say that don't be afraid to be nosy. Don't be afraid to get into somebody else's business, you know, and of course, at your own safety. But how many times have you heard an argument in a hotel and nobody knocked on the door to see if everybody was OK? Right. This guy did and saved those girls. Huge. Huge. Good. We need so many more of these stories and we need them to be louder and more broadcast so that other people have the courage and also that they're paying attention enough. And just the awareness. Yeah. Be like, oh, so if I hear somebody arguing in a hotel, it might not just be a domestic situation, which should still be checked on, Mm -hmm. um, but it could be something completely nefarious like this. 
more sinister. Maybe this exists, so maybe I'm, I'm uh, blowing smoke, but there should be a training program for hotel employees mm -hmm. and, and owners and managers on trafficking, what it looks like, what to watch for, what to do. I mean, that needs to happen in a lot of different things like sports venues and, you know, a lot of other areas as well, but hotels are huge for this. They are. They are. Yeah. And I, I, am sure there is some training for it, but I, I would imagine that this is something that should be mandatory. Yeah. In every hotel, every employee should know mm -hmm. the signs to look out for and, you know, have, a, have policies about what they, what they do. You know, yeah. if you hear an argument, do you knock on the door? Yes. Yes, you do. Yeah. But these idiots, I mean, they let him in. He sees the whole scenario. She turns mm -hmm. to him and says, he's refusing to pay me. Like, that's yeah. how bold they were. Mm -hmm. They weren't even trying. They could have not answered the door. Which tells you how many times they've done stuff like this. Yes. With that no they were that comfortable. Yep. Absolutely. Wow. Well, all the love in the world to those little girls. And I hope that yes. they get safe and get the help that they're going to need after an experience like this. And how, who knows how many more. And I hope these assholes stay in prison forever. Me too forever mm -hmm. all right well there you have it that is monday that was quite the episode yes it was yeah so as always if you see something say something we'll be back tomorrow with a brand new episode we'll be back wednesday night with wednesday night case updates so there's still so much more to come there sure be is good to yourselves have fun we got to go to a wedding so We'll see you soon. Imagine. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> yet another production of the True Crime Squad. <laughs>